thank you for joining me on another episode of She Leads Now podcast, where we help career and entrepreneurial women gain the tools to develop a success mindset, create winning strategies, build collaborative relationships, and take bold action towards creating impact and fulfillment in their lives and careers. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I'm on a mission to awaken and activate women and emerging leaders so they can tap into their innate leadership ability, elevate their influence, and create the impact they were destined to make. If you're ready to up-level your confidence, courage, and influence, you've come to the right place. Join me weekly for insights, strategies, and resources to help you grow, develop, and embody the leader you were meant to be so that you can make the impact you know you are called to make and establish the legacy you've always dreamed. The world eagerly awaits the emergence of your brilliance, impact, and influence. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of She Leads Now. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon. And so today with me, I have another amazing guest, which you will soon find out why I'm so excited. It's Lalani Kriere. Lalani is the founder and CEO of Be The Change HR Inc., a conscious company and social enterprise providing HR support for small to medium-sized businesses in any facet of HR from pre-hire to post-term, and everything else that happens in between. She and her team also teach free job readiness courses and provide free coaching to individuals who have been trafficked, homeless, and veterans in transition. Her team is not only a team of HR pros, but they are also life changers. With that, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And I, I just want to set the backdrop for the, the audience here. So when I first moved out to San Diego and knew absolutely no one, I just got on LinkedIn and started reaching out to individuals, specifically individuals who had the same background in HR as me. And Lalani was so enough to respond and not only respond, but I got on the call with her to learn more about the work that she did, just thinking about the professional side and only to discover that this lady has been plowing and changing the game in so many different capacities. So I'm excited to have her here to talk through those experiences and how she is actually creating change and being the change, literally the name of her business. Um, but before we get into all of that, Lilani, please share with us briefly your career journey and what has led you yeah. to becoming who you are today. Yeah, it's funny. You say literally being the change. I literally have that tattooed on my back. I want to be clear that I don't have be the change HR tattooed on my back, although that would be fun. But it's the it's the quote, be the change you wish to see in the world. And it was the how I came about with the company name. I was like, what am I going to name this social impact business, HR philanthropy? And I was like, oh, you've got Be The Change You Wish To See In The World tattooed on your back. And I was like, well, let's call it Be The Change HR. Um, but my, my, my background and how I got to this point is I have always done human resources. I mean, since I was a teenager, I just fell into that role and then continued to build and grow throughout my adulthood, climbing the corporate ladder, um, mainly working in businesses where I was the first human resources professional to step in the role and then would lay that groundwork and foundation and then help grow the business from that people aspect. At the same time, 
Um, in my mid twenties, I had a harrowing time <laughs> to say the least. You hit rock bottom a bunch of times. And when I finally came out of it, I made, I dedicated, I wanted to dedicate myself to my talent. And as an HR professional, the one thing that we all know, like the back of our hands is how to write a resume, good and bad resumes, funny stories from resumes we've seen when we've recruited, how to interview, what not to do. It's a very natural thing that we've learned in our own careers that can be brought to a nonprofit that that helps people with job readiness or workplace readiness. So when I came out of that very difficult time, I said I was going to reach a handout and help others find their way because crawling out of a bad situation, whatever that might look like for an individual is really tough to do. And one of the things that you need is healthy, gainful employment, right? You need money in order to support yourself. So in my late twenties, early thirties, I kept doing that work while being an HR professional. So HR professional, volunteering at nonprofits in Orange County, uh, working wardrobes, WHW, nonprofits that dedicate themselves to preparing people to enter the workforce. And then one day I just woke up and I said, this is nuts. Why am I making other people money? I want to do my own thing. And I want to do HR and philanthropy under one roof. Um, it was the summer of 2017. That's when I came up with the business name and it would just, it just all came together within three months. And then I launched in October, be the change HR with the idea that I wanted to do HR and philanthropy under one roof. And here we are six years later. Oh, I love it. And I, for those of you who are watching on video, so I literally, a friend of mine, gave this to me a couple years ago. And so literally it stares at me every single day on the windowsill there as a reminder. And and for those of you who are listening, it, it's a little, I don't know, block that says be the change. Um, and it's literally my reminder, at least the way that I interpret it as every single day that I get to sit here, that I get to do the work that I do, I have an opportunity to make a change and make an impact. So um, again, another reason why I I love you and and your background and whatnot. And so thank you for sharing that. And so you have been, I think you just celebrated uh, your fifth year anniversary in your business, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then just a note to everyone who's building a business, just, and then I say we're in our sixth year because it feels good to, to anticipate the closure of another year. And so, yes, we just celebrated our fifth year. We're in our sixth. Love it. Love it. Congratulations. So tell us a little bit about from the HR perspective, right? And then we'll talk about the philanthropy side. From the HR perspective, what do you and your colleague, colleagues of HR and HR pros and change agents do? Who do you support? How do you support them? Yeah, we support small to mid-market businesses. So anything with zero employees, companies that are getting ready to hire their first person, and it just becomes overwhelming when you start researching and looking into what do I need for my first hire from the regulatory stuff all the way to the the strategic things that you need in place to really make sure that that person comes on board supported part of the organization and has everything that they need. So from zero employees all the way to a couple thousand and the squad and I, um, what we do is we do a mixture of both compliance-based work and strategy work. If you can imagine a small business as they grow, like a lot of people are just focused on the new laws that's coming out, or I don't want to get sued, or I heard I have to do this. And so it's 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 typically the conversation will start about compliance. 
But something very unique we get to do as a business grows is start interjecting what strategy is from the people perspective as the business grows. And what does that look like? A talent acquisition strategy, how you get the right people in the door, what are your core values? How do you pick the right people? How do you become an organization that people want to work for and stay at and enjoy the work that they do? And so we're talking about engagement, culture, performance management, the whole life cycle of an employee we help, again, both compliance and strategy. Um, sometimes our clients do not have in-house human resources and we become that. Sometimes they have in-house HR and maybe they, sh- they just need like a stronger bench or maybe the executive needs more support on a specific project. And so the team will come in and help with things like comp analysis, again, culture and engagement. We have a diversity, equity, and inclusion program. So it's really all this stuff that is in the world of HR that we support. Love it. Love it. And so I I would imagine, as as we all know, that the, the last couple of years, especially for these smaller organizations, has been challenging on so many different levels. Um, so in terms of supporting the employees that they have in-house, trying to just navigate all of the, the market changes, Based on your based on your experience these last couple of years, and people keep saying the pandemic is over, and I'm like, really? Are, are we sure? It feels like it's it feels like it's still sitting there, like that friend that won't go home at the end of the night or at the end of the party. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, as you as you look over these last two going on three years, really, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've noticed, both from the HR profession and the function itself? And how organizations have been or um, or have adapted or needed to adapt in order to continue to thrive. Oh, yeah. I mean, just thinking about the gauntlet that every HR professional has had to go through in the last handful of years is just overwhelming. Typically, as HR professionals, trends and laws and changes, they come. But they come maybe at most every quarter, not every week, not every other day, not, not so specific by industry, by state. I mean, it it with COVID, it just was like through the roof of we didn't know what was going to happen day to day. Um, and I, I think the the one thing with HR professionals that has changed, I think, for the most part in business is that it is a necessary function that is aligns with the business in order to keep it alive, right? Um, I've been doing human resources for over 20 years. So I came in when it was personnel departments and, oh, it's just a line item that we have to have. It's, it's the police of the company. And it's, it was all those negative things. And as I've grown in my career, we've become more of a business partner, more of a person that has a seat at the table. These are all things, any HR professionals, like, yes, I remember, right? All these new things that were coming about. And now Human resources is just essential. It's essential from the foundational regulatory piece. And it's essential to ensure that the workforce is happy and healthy because I don't know any business that doesn't, I'm sure there's some out there, but I don't know any business that doesn't operate without people. And so HR is that professional to support that. When it comes to the changes in across industry, across the United States, oh my gosh, there's so much. There's so much. In the very beginning of the pandemic, unfortunately, I would see businesses that would say something like, you're lucky to have a job. So put your head down and work and do all these things. And I remember um, that 
quote by Maya Angelou, um, people will forget what you say. This isn't it perfectly, but, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And I remember advising people and talking about that. This is such a sensitive time for people. You need to take care of them holistically, not just in the workforce. You should just, you should work these hours and you should put your head down and you should be lucky for to have a job, but holistically. And are you okay? This is really tough. What support do you need in your personal life in order to make it through? I care about what you're, what's going on at home. I care about the, the, the huge stressors that everyone was going through. And so when that happened, I also would say, you watch the minute that things turn for the better, people will just leave. And so there we saw the great resignation, the great reshuffle, the great reassessment. And that, that trend was people thinking, what am I doing here? I should be in a place where people treat me well. Like this isn't a way for me to live my life. We spend tons of time at work. And, and, and so that trend came about. And I think overall, and I've always been talking about this, overall, every organization, every leader needs to treat its people like a, like a whole human and not only see it from the aspect of how much productivity you can get out of someone, but really if I care wholly about a person, right? Then and they they feel supported. Then they'll also feel supported at work. Then they'll also do great at work. But that's that's like the tertiary response. The first is taking care of each other. And I and I and I'm seeing this trend happening because the workforce is making it happen. Right? They're like, we're not taking this crap anymore. You pay me. You pay me right. You treat me well, or I leave. And there we go. And then here we are. Right? Yeah. Um. And and speaking of leaders, right? So we're we're starting to see the impact on leadership, right? In, in the sense of re regardless of what level you were in an organization, right? As, as things started to unfold, people who were pretty confident in who they are and how they make decisions, like there was no, there was no blueprint for it, right? And so here it is, this pressure to have all the answers, to look ahead, to still be the visionary, to still be driving productivity. And now that we've gotten to this place of somewhat calm, you see a lot of leaders still operating from that space of, I don't have control and I don't know what to do, right? And a lot of HR professionals are now, they're, they're turning their psychiatric <laughs> expertise away from the employees right. to now support the leaders as they're trying to re-identify and re-ground and re-anchor in who they are because a lot of confidence was lost during that time period. Are you are you and your team experiencing that with actually looking to support or finding yourself having to provide a lot more I don't know if emotional support is the right word, but, you know, a lot more support for the leadership and helping them gain ground. Yeah. When it comes to helping leadership, it, we see a lot of them trying to make decisions for an organization, sometimes, unfortunately, based on what they believe is right and correct and not seeing the whole situation. 
Um, so it isn't so much supporting them in their own growth, um, which every leader is responsible for doing that themselves. If you're in a leadership position, you should just constantly be working on yourself. The joke I always make is that you need a coach and a therapist. Go If you're a leader, get a coach and a therapist. Just handle that because then you won't bring your crap and spill it all over everyone when you're triggered and upset. And then you'll learn how to be a better human when you're managing other humans, Right. Um, but the thing that we've we've seen the most of is leaders trying to make decisions based on work from home, come into the office, um, the different laws that are changing around and and what their opinion is and what they think is right just based on their background, which isn't a great way to make a decision. You need, again, a more holistic view of the entire the entire picture. And that's across the board from the racial unrest in this country, diversity, equity, inclusion programs that people want to put into place, the the times we've seen resistance to that, all the things with COVID, the changes in the workforce, all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of that. Well, it worked with it worked for me before, and it, it, the reality is the way that I look at it is a lot of people in leadership roles, right? Because I I still believe everyone is a leader, but people who are operating in leadership roles, it's this, what worked for me before or what I did before always worked, right? And now there's this pattern interrupt. And in that space, it's trying to figure out, well, why can't we just do it like it was before? Because that worked. But the reality and the truth, as we all know, is we're not going back to 2019. We're not going back to 2020 or 2021. And so regardless of where you you sit in the organization, what's happening today? Who am I today? How am I showing up today? How am I making decisions from the person that hopefully I've grown and developed into over the last couple of years versus clinging to old methodologies or old mindsets or old way of doing things and feeling that resistance from I'm pretty sure everybody in the organization, including HR. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, okay. So we talked about the, the, the professional side, the organizational side. Let's talk about this amazing organization that you've created and that you have cultivated these last couple of years. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So when I started this business, I knew that I wanted to do HR and philanthropy under one roof. I did not know what a social impact organization was. It wasn't until like a year later that someone told me that's what I had. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, right? <laughs> um, and the idea came about that I wanted to continue that job readiness work in the organization. But in the very beginning, I just fumbled through it. It was like, well, how do I do this? And so what I would do is I continued to volunteer. So I'd be the change HR had already started. I continued to volunteer at Working Wardrobes, WHW. But as I went along, I realized, oh, we have a bit of a gap here and that we could create our own job readiness course and deliver it directly to the nonprofits. It just so happened at some point in time, the whole world went virtual And so we started delivering, it's a two-hour class. It goes over basics on resume and interviewing. It also has segments that are very unique to people who are coming out of those types of situations, different resources that we normally wouldn't think of that they would need, like expunging criminal records and a big discussion around gaps of employment. What do we talk about? What do we not? What do we have to tell the truth about? What do we not? And, 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 And then their rights, 
right? What are their rights? Because to some, it's so brand new. I think a lot of us take for granted. And I mean, it's nerve wracking to interview anyway, but if you can imagine being a trauma survivor of any type, just compiling all of that and trying to find a job can be so, so difficult. Um, and so we do that to our class. And then we also do one-on-one coaching because everyone's situation, and this is an understatement for the people we serve, is very unique. And so we meet with them one-on-one to figure out where are they at, meet them where they're at, and then help them along the way, coaching them with the different things that they need in order to find that healthy, gainful employment. Now, truly what we're doing is teaching confidence because typically the people that we work with will have, some of them will have a thought of who would hire me? I haven't worked in so many years. I've been through this terrible situation. I mean, there are even physical signs on people um, from missing teeth to certain types of tattoos that, that's branding and, and and you compile all of that. And so we teach we teach confidence through how do you have a beautiful resume? How do you interview? And then supporting them along the way. Yeah, I love that. And are you supporting um, individuals throughout the country or is it still like here in California? Great question. So we support several nonprofits across the U.S. Um, California, we have Rebirth Homes, Las Vegas, the Cupcake Girls, Chicago, Emmis, which is an, a nonprofit that helps men survivors, as well as Naomi's House, Project End Human Trafficking in Connecticut, and Caring Works out of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, a note, I always want to be clear that this business is a for-profit business. We are an S-Corp. And so how we have modeled it internally to have markers of us serving is 2% of our top line revenue goes to our job readiness program. What is that 2%? It's it's labor costs. It's mostly labor costs. And what is a labor cost? So all of the HR professionals on this team, it's part of their job. So they're not volunteering. They are paid their regular rate. They're also trained, trauma-informed training, vicarious trauma training. There's a trafficking awareness certificate course they'll go through. Um, but they're paid for their time to do this. And it's part of the job. You don't get hired here unless you're ready and willing to do that work. Oh, I love that. I love that. To build that into the culture. And so that leads me to my to my next question. And we were talking about this earlier. Um, you one of the things that I admire about you the most is that you've been able to cultivate this amazing network and supportive community. Literally, if you say, hey, I'm doing this, like people flock and are like, I'm in, what do you need? And I know that doesn't happen overnight. I know that that takes a huge amount of intentionality and, and you being vulnerable to be able to ask. And to couple on top of that, we also know that oftentimes for women, it's harder for us to step outside of whatever it is that we're doing to seek the support and to to be vulnerable in that space. So talk to us, like, how? How have you cultivated this, the support network? And what, I don't know, what triggered for you that this was the thing that I needed to do in order for me to be able to grow and make the impact that I'm making? Loaded yeah. question. I know. Yeah, there's 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 so much there. Um, I think the first thing as a woman in business, 
I dealt with imposter syndrome for a handful of years. I don't belong here. People are going to see me. I, I, my business is so small. Like nobody's going to hire me. I mean, all of that, all of that was something that I had to get past and get through. Fast forward to today, I probably receive a colorful comment about my business or myself maybe once a week. That's such a big business for a, a small lady, stuff like that. And I've learned to really let that roll off my back. I, I don't even spend time on it anymore. I couldn't in the past. I wanted to get mad. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to say something to that person. And now I'm like, you know what? Just get out of my way. If you're not the kind of person that I want in my network um, and, and really am empowering myself, it doesn't matter what that person assumes about me. Like, here's what I'm doing. And it's amazing stuff. And if you cannot see that, you can leave. So, they, so I have a bit of attitude in that sense. And the other, um, you, you are so right. And thank you for recognizing this about me. I am very intentional on the time that I spend and who I spend it with. I also bust my butt networking. I'm in several networking organizations. When I'm on a call with someone or when I devote time to you on a networking call, I'm there, I'm paying attention, and I'm honestly very interested in who you are as a person. And that, and I get feedback back that when you know Leilani, like what you see is what you get. My word is 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 my word, and 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 I think that's something really important to not be to be a solid person who cares is a very easy. It's free. It's free to do right. Um, and all this came at the very beginning of my business, um, an exercise that I had done, and then that kind of launched me into really networking. So in the very beginning. Um, when I launched my business, the first thing I did was go camping in Joshua Tree. On that camping trip, I fell over a fire grate and scraped up my face terribly. I'm talking about half my face was scabbed. I still have scars. Um, I was at the facialist last week and she's like, you have a scar. And I'm like, yeah, it's a campfire accident. Anyways, um, and I was crying. I was like, how the heck am I supposed to start a business when I look like this? Like I had all these meetings planned. And so I took a step back and I was like, what can I do with my time while my face heals? Because it was really bad. I've never had people gasp at my face, but people were like, would look at me and go, oh, and I'm like, oh, this is so bad. So I went on LinkedIn because someone had made a comment, oh, you know, so-and-so on your LinkedIn. And I didn't. And I was embarrassed. And I thought, I'm going to go through my LinkedIn and everyone in the area that I think um, that I think I should meet, I'm going to message them. And so I had a message that said, Hey, I'm normally Lonnie. Um, I'm not a weirdo. I promise. I, I want to make my LinkedIn connections, real connections in real life. And I'd love to have coffee or lunch with you. Now I know some women are like, Ooh, is that safe? I'm like a public places always during the day. If someone wanted to have dinner, that's a hard pass. Um, I only met one person who hit on me. I, I ended up meeting a hundred people in that next, um, about nine months or so. And, and it was such an impactful exercise to meet with people. And my intention was just to get to know them. I didn't want to sell them on my business. I even said that I'm not going to sell you anything. I just want to get to know you. Um, and then fast forward to today, some of those people are my biggest supporters. I am their biggest supporters. I love them to death. And it all came about for me being brave and saying, I'm going to do this exercise and just see where it leads me. Yeah. I love that. And, and I'm so inspired by that because it's, Mine wasn't like an intentional exercise. It was like, I'm in San Diego. I had no, no one here. And so I absolutely have to start connecting with people. And so um, our, our approaches were very similar in that just 
hey, I, I just want to get to know you. What do you do? What do you have going on? Um, and even to this day, I, again, as we'll, we'll share your contact information, like you are certainly one of the most generous people, right? And, and generosity in the sense of just being present and having compassion. Some people like you just start to talk to them and you just, you, you see their heart. Um, and so you're definitely one of those people and, and do an amazing job at attracting people who are just like that as well. And so how do you balance running this company that is also doing nonprofit work and all yeah. of your, all of your networking and after your year of traveling, <laughs> I keep saying traveling the world, but how do you, how do you balance that? How do you make time for the relationships and still the work that needs yeah. to get done? Um, here, here's the the kicker of all of this. I work typically only a six hour day and I don't work every Friday and I don't work weekends. I have built this business when I could. Now, let me put let me put an asterisk next to that. that. That wasn't always possible when you're building a business. Sometimes you have to put your nose to the grindstone for a certain period of time to get to a certain level to be able to pay for. And here's how I do it. Um, I have virtual assistants that run almost everything I do in the background so that I have in anything in my mind, I'm like, why am I doing that? Some. And then I hand it to this amazing team that I have. I mean, I am constantly showering them with compliments and gifts because it's so important for me to take care of them. And I hire the most amazing HR professionals, um, tenured professionals, 15, 20 or more years experience that I know can handle and, and do what needs to be done. And so I'm here for support and guidance. So I'm not always in all of the day to day. And then I, I choose wisely what I, what I do with my time. I do not overextend myself very, very rarely. I do get the comments sometimes who are like, well, your calendar is booked until right now it's booked until mid January. And I'm like, yes, because if I say yes to one person and go outside of my hours and all of a sudden I have this huge schedule and for me, my own mental health, like I have to take care of myself first. Mean first and foremost, not selfishly, but to the point where I know this is what I need for my workday. This is how I need to operate so that I can show up fully for my calls, for our job readiness program, for my people, um, and then also enjoy life because this is what it's out. I mean, I, I think it's obvious with my business model, but I'll say it out loud. I am not in business to make money, right? I'm in business to live a purpose. And part of that purpose is creating great workforces, helping trafficking survivors, and for me to live a full and lovely life. And so that requires some boundaries. So I am quite busy, but I'm also quite balanced. I love it. I love it. Um, well, we're going to transition here into our little blitz session here. But before we do, one quick question as we look ahead, right, for um, individuals who are trying to figure out where, like what their, what their leadership brand is, right. Who are trying to figure out kind of like, how do I, how do I position myself? And and we're not going to go into the, how do I find my purpose? Cause we could be here for hours. Right. right um, right. but how do I position myself to do and be someone who is impactful and someone who makes a difference? What, piece of advice that you would give to someone who's just kind of like, there's more that I can do. And I just don't know where to start. Mm. 
I think it's it's super important as your own person and as your own personal brand to figure out what your values are, just like an organization would do. What are my core values? Um, and then based on that, what where is my spark? A lot of times I'll talk to people about you can make a difference in the world. Choose something that you're super passionate about because we're all passionate about something, right? Maybe you had a family member who passed from cancer. Maybe you love animals. And so start exploring, you know, what that is to you and how you can, and it can be small, volunteer for one day a year, give some money, like research local organizations and just ask how you can help. And then, and there, and there it goes. I mean, this is how it started for me right? What am I passionate about? I was in a crappy situation. I got myself out of it. I wanted to turn my hand around and help others. I'm an HR professional and I just ran with it. So I think between, as a leader, between figuring out what are my, what are my values um, and really having that be your brand. If you're a fun leader, lead with that, right? It's, it's refreshing to be quite honest of these things that make us really unique. That definitely should be part of that. And then the other part is you can change the world. Pick something that you love and you're passionate about and just start slowly or fast, whatever you want to do, going after how do I make change in that segment of this world? Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so going into our blitz session here, so I, I have a couple questions, right? Given everything you've done, and I'm sure no doubt we'll continue to do to be the change and to to change the the lives of others and, and make this world a better place. As you look back over the course of your life, if you could go back to a younger version of yourself and give her a piece of advice that you think would have been a game changer, what might that be? Oh man, there is it um there is this moment when I was going through all my difficult times, like I'm getting teary eyed and I, and I wasn't sure I was going to make it. And there was this small voice inside of me that said, just, just keep going, keep going. And then, and then later there was something like, you're going to be amazing at 40. I remember just thinking, just keep going. And I feel like if time travel were real, that is me now turning to 25 year old me, just keep going little steps at a time. That's what I would say. I love that. I love that. Um, and as you think about, I guess, the forward out, outlook, right? So obviously you're you're doing a lot right now. 40, 50, 60, 70, however many years from now, as you're looking back on your life, what do you want that narrative to be? Yeah, I'll go for 50. I think too, too far out. I, mean, I don't know. Who knows what I'm going to be like when I'm 70. You better watch out. Um, (laughs) um, impact, making an impact while being balanced is so important for me. And so that, that's, that is my ultimate wish for myself is to change. I'll, I'll say our, cause the team does it too. Our, our part of the world, change our part of the world, do what we can. Cause I mean, if we, if we really start thinking about it, the world can be a terrible place for so many people. And so to get to, to, to counter that it's like, well, what can I do in order to incite change that is good for people? And so that, that, that part of it, and then have a ton of fun while doing it. Like that is my wish for myself. Love it. Love it. And so I am a big believer that leaders are readers and so many books have shaped my life and who I am today. And I always have 
never fails. You you talk to someone and they're like, this is the book that shifted everything for me. Is there a book or a couple of books that stand out for you as the game changers? There was a combo in about maybe 2010, um, Conscious Capitalism and the book by Yvonne Schauenart. I think that's how you say his name. Let My People Go Surfing. So a book on how to build a conscious business and a book on culture, really, because he's the CEO of Patagonia. Um, those two were were really impactful for me. The other one that's more personal is New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And that started my presence practice of someone who's dealt with mental health issues, um, depression and an anxiety to practice presence helps you pull out of either of those because all that matters is right now. And so Eckhart Tolle is a huge book. And then I'm just a fan of James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> I love like the feeling of all of that. And so that's another one of my favorites. Oh, I love that. I have not thought about that book since, I don't know, what elementary. I think we had to read it in yeah. elementary. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will definitely be sure to include those. But Milani, before I let you leave, right? So as listeners are like, oh my gosh, I want to get to know her. I want to connect with her. I, I'm one of these amazing people that I want that want to be part of her network. How can people get in touch with you? Where do you hang out? Yeah. So um, the company is on all the socials, all of them at Be The Change HR. So connect with us on those. We have a lot of really great content. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name will be spelled out for you in the in the show description. So just copy and paste that and head over to LinkedIn and um, send me a message. Tell me that you saw me on this podcast and I'll be sure to say hello. Absolutely. And you have a YouTube channel, right? All of it. Yeah, yeah. You literally, yeah. If you go to our website, it's a be the change HR.org. At the very bottom, you'll have links to all of our socials and you can find us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all the things. And then if you want to follow me personally on Instagram, you're welcome to. I think that's really good content for leaders. Um, and then just me personally and all the crazy stuff that I do, which ice climbing is coming up. Um, it's in the bio of our Instagram profile. Okay. Awesome. Amazing. And again, we we will include all of the links to connect with Leilani in her business, as well as the links to the books that were recommended. And as she mentioned, if you do connect, let her know that you heard her on the She Leads Now podcast. And definitely be sure to to connect um, and and join this amazing network that, that she has in support system. So with that, thank you so much for being on the show. We will be back next week with another amazing guests. Have a great rest of the week and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Now. If you found today's episode helpful or got a piece of insight that you plan to implement in your business or organization, I would love to hear from you. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Sabine Gideon. That's my handle and send me a private message or feel free to go ahead and leave a review on either Apple or Spotify. I also invite you to share this episode with anyone in your network who you think might benefit from this content. Lastly, be sure to check the show notes and the description below for links to resources, including relevant downloads, articles, and any upcoming training. Until we chat again, have a blessed and powerful week.